Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored, a podcast for all the real mamas out there going through all the mama struggles, dealing with faith, family, finance, future, and so much. Let's get into this episode. Christian Mom Uncensored, I did not post an episode last week, and I've seen other podcasts do that cute little thing where they'll be like, um repeat and they'll put the episode name and they'll just post a previous episode I don't even bother doing that I just go MIA and I'm sorry but honestly the reason why I've been MIA is my whole life is a mess my body's a mess my house is a mess I'm a mess because I have three children and I chose this life for myself and it has been an adjustment but we are here and we are going to spill the tea and we're going to talk about all the things so let's catch up First, I want to say that postpartum wise, I'm doing a lot better than I was the last time I recorded. Um, I was going through baby blues really bad, um, dealing with a whole lot of guilt, a lot of mom guilt. And um, just because the adjustment phase has been an adjustment and no one likes transitions, yada, yada, yada. It's been rough, right? Um, and I've been trying to like reconcile. I'm sorry if you guys hear like a siren. It's like driving past my neighborhood um but I've been trying to 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 get over the mom guilt and honestly it's just so you know you're a good mom once you get mom guilt right because we oftentimes just start criticizing ourselves or we start feeling bad about everything and things that we don't really need to feel bad about um but I will say where I got some of my mom guilt from was you guys know the biggest thing is Elliot Mia loves Raphael she's used to going and hanging out with her dad and giving me a break she's fine with him putting her down for a nap but Elliot is a mama's boy and he's still a mama's boy like through and through all day he's like hi mom he wants to cuddle up and snuggle right next to me um and so Honestly, him going to sleep with his dad at night has been an adjustment because you guys know that during this transitional phase, um, we're in week three of having it, of having Raphael in our lives. So having our newest baby, um, Ethan has been sleeping with the kids and I've been sleeping with the baby and it's kind of made everything a little bit easier. I will say that on Thursday night or the other night, I don't know if it was Thursday, um, Elliot was really tired and Mia was tired so I took them both to their rooms and I laid Elliot in his bed Mia was laying in her bed and I just like rubbed his back till he fell asleep um while I was doing that the baby was asleep so the baby was like in my arms asleep and I was rubbing Elliot's back and he went to sleep and he slept for about four hours Elliot did Okay, it was three hours because it was like eight something and he woke up at 11 something, 11 something. So it was like three hours. Elliot slept and then I had fallen asleep. I went, you know, nurse the baby, put baby down to bed and I went to sleep in my room. And at 1144, don't know why I know this time. I just checked the time. I heard Elliot yelling mommy and he was running through the hallway and then Mia was opening. So we put a baby gate upstairs because we didn't want like if you know trying to transition Elliot into his bed if he woke up in the middle of the night for him to wander down to the main level and it's kind of it's going to be dark down there because no one's down there um if he has the baby gate at least I knew like 
I'd hear him and I'd wake up. But Mia also woke up with him, so she opened the gate, and they're both going down the stairs, thinking it's probably early in the morning. So I grabbed them, and Ethan's in the basement, so he's in the very bottom level of our house, and he's playing Xbox or something. And, um, you know, I tell Elliot to come to my room, because, like, by the time I climbed out of bed, like, made sure the baby was still fine, um, Mia and Elliot were in the living room. So I, like, brought them both upstairs and said, come with Mommy. Um, and so I was just kind of holding him, and then Mia was just kind of, like, also out of it, like, what is happening in the middle of the night? And Ethan came upstairs and then he just brought them down to the basement put them on the air mattress in the basement and continued to xbox and the kids went to sleep but so it's been an adjustment right like figuring this out um (laughs) with sleeping and everything because you know i was like you just put them back in their beds and he was like no because they're gonna wake up in three hours and at that point he would be asleep and he did have to work the next day but it is definitely a transition the the biggest part for mom guilt for me is just knowing so the the difference between all three of my kids is that like with Mia if you listen to the podcast you know that I was working in the office five days a week um when I had Mia and so not to say that our bond wasn't strong and I breastfed her but I supplemented with formula not to say there's anything wrong with that Mia is like one of the smartest kids I know she's the smartest sweetest most thoughtful emotionally intelligent kid I know But I got used to, or at least we got comfortable with, mom doesn't have to be right there all the time. I'm going to be okay because mom's coming back. You know, um, when I went to work, I would get up at 5 and I would leave by 5.30. I would wake up. I would nurse her. I would get dressed real quick. Ethan would drop her off at her babysitter's and she would stay there until 2.30. I would get, well, until like 2.40. I got off of work at 2.30. By the time I got out to the parking lot to my car and drove the five minutes up the road to her babysitter's house, I would grab her. And so it was very different. With Elliot, I breastfed him until he was over two years old. I didn't stop breastfeeding him until January, I think. Or it might not have been January. It might have been a little bit before then. And so, and I had him during a pandemic, and so I never had to leave him um, until I started going back into the office. And then even then, I only go into the office once a week. And so Raphael is kind of getting a mix between Elliot and um, and Mia, where I am going to have to go into the office. Um, I don't like to think about that, but it's just a fact. And so he's going to go to my grandmother's house on mother on Mondays. I'm going to go into the office on Mondays, um, and that'll be our time apart. (laughs) Like, that's pretty much it. Um, But he is right now. I mean, he's only three weeks old, but, you know, he's going to be exclusively breastfed, um, God willing, because that's my goal. That's what I did with Elliot. But once a week, he will get some time away from me. And so it's all been an adjustment. But let me say that... My biggest advice, and I've said it again, I've said it before, but just if you have any friends that are having a baby, that have a baby, if you are going to have a baby, um, my biggest advice postpartum is to just stay off social media. Um, Not because all of it's bad. Some of it is really good, but you don't know what's going to trigger you. And so I see all these videos of moms loving their sons or moms adjusting with their kids. And all of it's good because it's really relatable, right? Kind of like, you know, 
everything I see on social media that has to do with motherhood is, is relatable. Like you'll never get these days back. You'll never get these years back. I know that. Um, but you know how hard that is to hear postpartum and even in general. Um, and so I found myself, I saw a post, um, it was a reel and I delete Facebook and because I feel like Facebook reels get me more than my TikToks because my TikTok for you page can be really, really random. Um, but I also delete TikTok regularly <laughs> and it was a reel of, um, this mom and her son dancing and he was maybe like two years old and she said the most relatable quote she saw about raising boys it's like the slowest breakup and I thought like that's really true because you know you loving you love these little boys hard and there is a difference between mothers and sons and mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and fathers and daughters I'm sorry there is a difference I don't know what it is I don't know why it is that way but Mia is daddy's girl and Elliot is mommy's boy and in Rafi is probably going to be a mama's boy and I hope he is mama's boy and it's just very different but um it is because you know that like one day the goal in terms of and I saw another reel where it was like um somebody who didn't have a kid it was this dad or this guy um you know pretending to be two people and he was like somebody pretending to be a kid what is the the best part of raising kids or having kids and he was like, the best part of raising kids is watching them grow up. Like, watching them grow up, it's, it's amazing. And then it's like, what's the worst part? What's the hardest part of raising kids? And he was like, watching them grow up. And it's so true because here I am on, you know, Friday, Mia graduates preschool. I am so proud of her. Like, I know it's just preschool, but I'm proud of both of us. Like, when you have your first child you know nothing about raising kids. You know nothing about parenting. You know nothing. You're, you're figuring it out. And yeah, you kind of have to figure it out with every kid because there's adjustments and every kid's different. But with your first, you grow the most, I feel like. And so, um, and I, I even look at pictures from four years ago. So I'm like when Mia was about one years old and I look to me, I look very different. Like I look younger. I look at my face and I'm like, look at that baby raising that baby because I was 25 when I had Mia. And so it's just a very different. And I look at myself now and like, yeah, I want to say I still look good and I still look young and people still think that I'm really young that don't know me. But I look at myself and I'm like, no, I look like I am a mom. Like I am a full, I am a grown up. Um, <laughs> But it is, it's so true. But like little things like that on social media will have me crying for the next two hours. And so I have to keep deleting. It's like if you have self-control, just don't open your Facebook app or TikTok app. But I don't have any self-control. So I have to delete the app because I'm just going to cry. Um, but going back to these boys, I think about how something I've realized is not every mother-son relationship might not be like me and Elliot's and I know El Elliot's only two and a half right but I feel like for the rest of his life and even me is like I'm gonna be at my kids butts like what are you guys doing or having family dinner where are you guys going text me often uh, call me often I'm gonna call you and I'm not gonna be like an overbearing mom because Ethan's not gonna let me <laughs> but 
I, I do want to be very involved in my kids' lives. And I think because of my family um, being as tight-knit as it is, that it would be natural for, you know, my family that I'm raising to be tight-knit. Um, and it's very hard. It's been very interesting um, working or, like, seeing my husband as a dad and my husband as a human and then me as a human. It's very different. It's very interesting. Well, I am the oldest girl. And I also think because I was the oldest girl, I look at Mia as the oldest girl. And there's going to be responsibility, no doubt. There's going to be natural roles she steps into, no doubt. But she's a five-year-old. She will be five in July. So she's almost five. She's a four-year-old right now. And so I had to tell Ethan, don't put pressure on her. Um, there is one point where... You know, I'm juggling the three kids while he's at work. He's like, hey, Mia, make sure that when you eat lunch, mommy eats lunch. Because he knows, like, as, you know, a breastfeeding mama, I have to have calories. And um, to make this milk or to not be completely depleted and all this other stuff. And I was like, don't put that on her. Um, who knows what, what kind of damage are you about to put on this child that you have no idea that when she's 25, she's going to have to talk about in therapy that like my dad had to tell me to make sure my mom ate lunch. And so now I'm really, um, and Elliot will do the same thing. Like if I get the kids lunch and I'm not eating, he'll start feeding me. He'll be like, here, mom, want a bite? And I'm like, no, I'm going to go make my plate because you know, his moms are just busy, but it's just made me aware of something that like. I want my kids to have good relationships with food. I want them to see me have a good relationship with food. But there's also the logistics of I'm holding a baby. So it's like I'm eating what I can when I can. Um, so I might like grab and I don't want, you know, I just don't want anything bad or weird to happen. So there's that. But then, anyway, going back to the mother son thing is I will tell Ethan like almost every day, have you called your mom? Have you talked to your mom this week? If I don't tell him every day, it's like three times a week um, until I hear that he has. How, how do you know what's going on? How are they doing? And so tomorrow he's going to take the kids to go see his parents. He's going to take um, Mia and Elliot. I am not going and Raphael's not going simply for the fact that it's a two hour drive. And I know that there are super travel mamas who do this. And I am a travel mama, but I am like a once my kid is six months old kind of travel mama once they're doing like a little bit of baby food the sleep schedule's established I am not a newborn travel mama and I'm very um I'm a huge dermaphobe um like if there's anything I I would say that I don't have postpartum depression but if there's anything that I would be diagnosed with it'd be postpartum anxiety specifically about germs um because Ethan's like you are sanitizing the couch again and I'm like yes I am you're sanitizing the doorknobs again yes I am have you washed your hands I wash I clean my phone at least four times a day like with either Lysol wipes Clorox wipes microband like I'm cleaning my phone four times a day I'm telling the kids to wash their hands I wash my hands so many times a day my hands are getting dry but um I just think about how you know, so Ethan's mom is in her 70s, so it's very different. My mom is um, 20 years younger, 20, you know, a little more than 20 years younger than his mom. And so I had dinner with my mom. I haven't dinner with, I went to my mom's house the other day, yesterday actually, and the kids played. I had dinner. We've been doing this thing like Fridays, like family Friday nights, and we're going to like eat and hang out over there on Fridays, um, which has been kind of nice. 
because then I don't have to think about dinner. <laughs> Honestly, like that's the biggest challenge is feeding these kids every single day for all the meals. Um, just coming up with ideas. And we actually have really good dinner. We always have good food at my mom's house. So I like always want to go there. But I was thinking about like, for me, it would be hard like not to hear or see from see or hear from my son or any of my kids and even like my mom she might have that relationship with all of her kids I feel like and not as extreme as I have it but again mine mine are babies like as they become adults maybe I'll loosen up some or as they become bigger but mine are still like little people um and so I'll encourage him like call her but they're very different and so I've talked about like for me, it's it's definitely God knew what he was doing when he paired us together, because if you would have asked me before I, you know, dated Ethan, got engaged, married Ethan, who is my dream guy or what is he like? He would have been the oldest um, out of like, you know, three or four kids like me. He would have been like super involved in church. He would have been a business owner, like all these things. Right. And then I have Ethan, who's an only child. And I think about how I'm thankful that he's an only child, but it's hard because he does have some only child tendencies. Um, and there's nothing against having an only child, but just know there are habits and things you might want to break from them um, that naturally happen when you have siblings. Like when you, when you have siblings, you naturally have to share. You naturally are taking care of somebody else. You're naturally sometimes thinking about someone else's needs or working through conflict because you're having a fight with your brother or sister. When it's just you, you know, you're your parents' pride and joy. There is like an added pressure because you're the only one, I think. But I, I really value my kids having siblings. And that's because I grew up with siblings. Again, nothing wrong with having an only child. I just think that if I were to have an only child, I would be like intentionally, okay, you are going to get used to kids. Because like if you never have siblings, how do you know how to take care of a baby? Um, Ethan worked in preschool. So like he got some of those qualities and some of his skills from his work experience. He worked at summer camps growing up. So he was around younger kids. And so like things like that can help if you have an only child as they get older and you're thinking about one day they might be a husband or they might be a wife and they might, you know, anyway, but oh my gosh, Raphael keeps doing the little startle thing that newborns do, but they like get startled. Um, it's super cute. But anyway, so I was saying that I'm thankful he's an only child because I think it'd be really hard and a big issue in our relationship. If we both had huge families that had traditions and like family connection. So because his parents are two hours away, he's the only kid, there's not a lot going on on the holidays. It's fine for me to hang on to my family's holidays and just bring his family along. If he were to have siblings and be like, no, I have to see my siblings Christmas morning, just like I want to see my brothers and sister Christmas morning, we would be like, I guess I'll see you at Christmas dinner, babe, because I'm going to see my sister and my brothers and he would be going to see his siblings. But anyway, it's just, um, interesting, the family dynamics, but I do, I think because I have little boys, I am more like sympathetic and maybe even empathetic to Ethan's mom, where I think about like, 
you know, if I never heard from my kid or if he didn't call me on Mother's Day, and he did, don't worry. That's why he's going down here to celebrate Mother's Day um, with her, um, with her, with her and the kids at least. And I do think it's important for them to have one-on-one -on -one time too, because typically when I visit the kids, um, when we visit our in-laws or my in-laws, they will either come here or we'll go there and all of us are involved. So I will be there. The kids will be there. Ethan will be there, which is good. But I feel like sometimes you can have better conversation without your spouse present and it's not a bad thing, but if there's anything he's struggling with me, um, he can get advice from his parents. And if there's anything that like is a frustration, he can kind of vent and talk to them or just like, cause like I've sat down with my mom and because we both have husbands, right? She's married to my dad and I'm married to my husband. Um, when we could be at us by ourselves, we can talk about like annoying things husbands do. Like, why is everything always lost? Why don't they know where anything is? Like, how come they can't, don't have a sense of like time? Like, why can't they track time good? Like, dinner needs to happen at this time and all this other stuff. And so when I can just go and hang out at my mom's with my mom, we can talk about like, oh my gosh, men are, you know, X, Y, Z. Not bad, but just kind of like letting off steam, not like... Um, not putting anybody down or doing anything bad like that, but just being honest about like the differences between husband and wife, men and woman, um, responsibilities, or even like raising kids. So like my mom has raised four kids. I'm raising three kids. Mom, this is hard, you know, like having that conversation. And I feel like if I'm always around, Ethan can't say, I, you know, he can't be honest that like that first week and even the first into the second week that we were home with Raphael, I cried for hours every day. I cried for hours. Every time Ethan talked to me, I cried. Um, he couldn't, because he's not always like gentle. He would say one thing and it would set me off. And so he was frustrated because I'd be like, you're not being understanding. Cause I was really struggling with like, you know, Elliot, I came home and Elliot looks so much bigger. Um, he, he is a lot bigger than Raphael. I mean, I have like, he, Raphael's probably about eight pounds now. Elliot's like 30 pounds or almost like 20 something pounds. So there is a difference and he's talking and he knows his colors and he knows his numbers and he can like say sentences and he's so funny and he has opinions and it's like that adjustment was hard. And then I felt guilty because I felt like, you know, I was gone for three nights. I only wanted to be gone for two nights. I couldn't control when the baby was born. And I know that's why some moms listening to this podcast are like, that's why I chose home birth. But honestly, it just wasn't a good option for us this time. Would I do home birth in the future? If I were to have a random baby in five years, yeah, but at that point, I'd be like geriatric. and. But I think that'd still be fine. I've seen other women who are, you know, beyond their 20s have kids at home. I just don't know, like, what. I'd have to find a midwife that would do it is what I'm trying to say. And I also think it's ridiculous that they call it geriatric pregnancy, like after 35, like that's still young. 35 is young. Like nobody is geriatric in their thirties. Okay. No one is geriatric in their thirties. You can just be call it like something else because I do understand that. I do. I, what I can say is that physically between all three pregnancies, Although health-wise, I've been like probably, I was probably healthier this pregnancy than my last, but it gets harder. Like physically, it does get harder the older I get. Like my first pregnancy, easy breezy, easy peasy. Second pregnancy, you know, was kind of, it just gets harder. But anyway, um, forgot what I was talking about. 
Oh, but anyway, yeah. So Ethan might want to be like, I, you know, like in terms of marriage and in, even like relating to his stepdad, I told him one day because his stepdad, we love him, but he can be short. He can be quick. He can be cranky. And I don't love the way he talks to people sometimes. Um, and I've always told him, if you ever speak to me like that, I won't stand for it. Now, of course, you know, Ethan's mom has been married to him. So she understands him on a different level. I understand that this tone isn't out of, you know, meanness or trying to hurt my feelings. This is just how he is. He does love me. I don't have that relationship with him. So it's like, if you're going to be quick and short and kind of rude, you know, I'm not going to be here for it. But I think he could kind of commiserate now because I've been like, not that Ethan was ever mean, just because I was, you know, hormonal and everything. He would be like, just let Elliot come downstairs. It's not a big deal. And even him just saying it's not a big deal, boom, I'm crying. It is a big deal. Elliot is only two years old. I, he's only been with me for all of these years. And I'm just like crying. Like, you don't understand our bond. And I'm like, you know, being hormonal. And it sounds funny, right? Like, it sounds like a little ridiculous. Like, I'm being over the top. But that's how it was. And he'd be like, I'm not being mean. But you need to go to sleep. You need to focus on feeding the baby. And it's like, but Elliot's still my son. And like, I was being dramatic like that. And so he might want to like vet and let off steam. Because it was a rough week and a half coming home. I'm glad to say that we're in a better place now. And what I've also learned and what has helped a lot is that like those first two weeks of healing, I had to heal. Like still hurts. Everything still hurts. Nothing hurts anymore. I feel 100% like myself again um, for the most part, except for like lack of sleep and the fact that I still look like I'm five months pregnant. But I feel mostly like myself again. Um, and I'm going to accept my postpartum body and work on it, but it's definitely one of the harder adjustments that I'm having. Um, but what's helped is that what I realized is when Ethan was off of work, because he was off of work, he was focused on distracting the older kids, playing with the older kids, taking the older kids off my hands so I could just be with the baby. Ethan went back to work and because he's been back at work, there's no one to take the kids off my hands. Like it's me and me and me. And so what's helped is that, you know, I drop me off at school and then I go to the playground with Elliot or before bed, Elliot's still cleansing the bed with me and we watch something or we cuddle, we do something together. And so I'm finding moments to be alone with him. My alone time with Mia comes when Elliot's taking a nap because typically she doesn't nap that much anymore. And so instead of her napping, shoot, we'll do girl time. We'll do nails. We'll watch a girl show, we'll talk, we'll color, we'll do whatever. And so I, what's happening is, despite how hard it is when Ethan's not at home, when he works out of the, out of the home, what has happened is because it's just me, because typically like at nap time, for instance, like right now, I just have the baby, he's asleep, it's nap time. So that means Mia and Elliot are in the basement with Ethan maybe everyone's asleep maybe Elliot's just asleep I don't know I'll deal with it in about 30 minutes when they need to wake up um but I forgot oh what, what, what's happening is that during the week when it's just me I get my alone time with all of them and so I'm like Elliot we just got our whole morning together because the baby mostly sleeps and there he is starting to stir and wake up hi little love no, he just needed to stretch. It's really funny how you can see baby sleep cycles. Like, you can see when they're going through REM and everything. Um, 
But yeah, so it's just been like, okay, so I just needed to have an hour a day with just Elliot. And then I would feel better about like, okay, good night, bud. I'll see you in the morning. And he goes, bye, mom. And he, it's an easier transition for him too. Pretty interesting that um, when Ethan works from home, it can actually be harder. And so I don't even know how to remedy that because it's like when he's home, it's nice because there is an extra set of hands when it's needed, um, like in like a real emergency kind of situation or like when I'm really trying to juggle, I could say, hey, babe, can you grab me a diaper instead of having to get up while, you know, whatever. But at the same time, every, I don't know, every kind of area of our life right now is going through an adjustment phase. So like bringing a new baby home was an adjustment for Elliot. Um, and, and for me and for everyone and for Mia. And then just like him, he, then he was home, Ethan was home for two weeks. Like he didn't work at all. After that, he went back into to work and he worked. So he works three days, um, at home and two, no, no, no. He works two days at home, three days in the office. And so, that first day that he went back to work, I was nervous. I was like, well, I have all three kids. What am I going to do? I figured it out. And I think that in motherhood and in life, you just have to remember that you'll figure it out. Um, and so we'll figure out how it works when I go back. I'm very nervous for when I go back to work because right now everything feels really hard. Um, the other thing that I realize is that Okay, baby boy is um, going to be four weeks old. So he's going to be a month old. And he's only a month old, right? He's only four weeks old. I've only been doing this for four weeks. Yet I have a high level of expectation for myself. And even for, not necessarily for the kids, but just for the way that I interact with the kids, the way that I do life. And I haven't given myself any kind of grace in any area. And it's something us moms do well is having mom guilt. And we don't do well with giving ourselves a break or cutting ourselves some slack. And Ethan will look at me and be like, just sit down for a minute. It's okay to sit down for a minute. Today, I took Raphael upstairs he was asleep took my lunch upstairs and for 20 minutes I watched Married at First Sight and then I went back into my day um whereas like Ethan he doesn't the difference between mom and dads is I feel like moms often are the primary parent even in a two-parent household and so and sometimes this isn't the case for everyone but at least in in my life and even in my friends lives it, it, it turns out that, you know, if I'm going to go take a shower, hey, can I take a shower? You watch the baby. And Ethan just gets up and walks upstairs to shower. No conversation about it. When he has to poop, he goes upstairs and poops for 45 minutes or however long it takes. It feels like 45 minutes. I have to, like, figure it out or do it while the kids are still barging in through the door. And, you know, it's just like a whole different world as moms. Um, and... I think that, you know, the fourth trimester, right? If you're going to give yourself a 40-day grace period or however long day grace period, I mean, if every trimester is about three months, 
that I'm still newly into the fourth trimester. Um, and I've been really hard on myself, like, oh my gosh, my body looks crazy. I just had, first of all, my body looked like a football when I was pregnant. And so now you can imagine that once that baby's out, everything's just mushy and weird. Like I don't look great. I don't feel great. Um, I'm tired. And because Ethan's going into the office now, when I could sleep, you know, I got to get up at six because, you know, he gets up and the kids are going to be up. So I got to be up before everyone to set myself up for the day because if I don't I'm planning for failure and so it's kind of like a, a whole cycle where I feel physically good and honestly I feel emotionally a bit better but now it's the day-to-day life that feels like oh how am I going to do this okay we got to find joy in the journey we got to find joy in everyday moments we have to find something to look forward to daily and honestly whether you're a working mom, a stay-at-home mom, or whatever kind of mom you are, a mom of older kids, a mom of younger kids, um, the summer is, like, great because it's, like, everything slows down. But then you have the day-to-day, you know, filling every day with things to do. And I've come up with, like I've said, and I'll share um, later. Um, you'll see it because, you know, this is our last week of school. Mia graduates on Friday. But, um Now I have to fill up summer with things because if every day we're just chilling at home, I'm going to lose my mind. And I think my kids will too. And it's summer. So like there's places to go. There's things to do. And if it's really hot outside, let's get in the pool. Let's plan to do something in the morning. Like, you know, if it's going to be cooler in the morning, then let's go out in the morning and then spend the the afternoon inside the house or if we're going to be outside in the sprinklers or in the the pool for an hour in the afternoon that's fine but yeah everything's just been honestly been a lot so the other day um I had a really hard day like a really bad Monday um it was Ethan was at home but it was just I don't know, just a bad day. I'm going to leave it like that. Like I accidentally ordered some stuff from the store. And so I was trying to cancel my order to get my money back. And, you know, it wasn't going to come for seven to 10 days. And I needed that money to buy some stuff for graduation. And then, um, so that happened and I was kind of freaked out about that. And then I was just trying to get through the day with the kids. Um, Ethan was working at home, like I said, and, Rafi, the baby, was being a baby, so he wanted me to hold him most like a lot of the day. Um, but then Elliot is also being a two-year-old, and so he was having a lot of tantrums. And honestly, Elliot, I don't know if it's just because he's been eating so much fruit lately. Because um, normally my kids are pretty good fruit eaters, but he just kept having a diaper rash, and I'm all stressed out about this diaper rash because it was at the point where literally his butt's so red he's crying when I change it and you know he's fighting me to change his diaper like physically like kicking me like he doesn't want me to change it and so I was feeling I was feeling like pretty you know I felt bad for him and I think that also um I'm a very like I'm I'm an empath I'm a very empathetic person and so um 
and I'm pretty dramatic when it comes to my kids. So it's like, you know, the littlest thing hurts them and I'm stressed, stressed, stressed out about it. And so then it was just like Elliot's butt. And then Mia dropped a whole roll of toilet paper into the toilet. And then I was mad about my money and having to wait for my money to get returned back. And it was just like a snowball effect all day long. And then it was also just a challenge because if you have little kids, then you kind of know what I mean, where it's literally a fight to get anything done. Like the balancing and the multitasking that has to come in motherhood's just a lot. Um, and so it was like, okay, you know, I finally got Elliot down for a nap and now Raphael's napping. So now's the time for me to fold and put away laundry. But now Mia wants me to put a dress on her and put makeup on her and, and do her hair. And so, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, and I wanted to tell her, you know, wait, let me do this laundry. Cause this is literally the only moment I'm going to get to do it today. Um, and, but I didn't, you know, like she's only going to be four for another, you know, month and a half. Um, so I did put the dress on her and did her makeup, put a necklace on her. She wanted me to do my makeup and I did my makeup. Um, because at the end of the day, those memories of us, uh, are more important than the laundry getting folded, but it was still stressful. And then it was like, okay, the baby's asleep. Do I pump? Do I shower? Do I eat? I had a moment like that earlier in the day. And Ethan was like, I'll order lunch, you know, like pump and then go shower. And then it was like, as soon as I was in the shower, the baby's hungry and crying. And it was just like a, it was a long day. Um, and so I am a part of a, a group chat with my family, my mom, my grandma, my aunt. And I texted them like, it was such a Monday. It was, it was Monday. This was the hard day. It was the like a Monday. It was such a Monday and I'm not even working. And my mom responds. And I thought this was such a good response for all moms and also it made me feel really seen um she said you are working and um it made me feel really seen because a lot of times especially stay-at-home moms and then for me who i'm like on maternity leave um but i do typically work most of the time as you guys know from home i do feel like since i'm not having to work right now I should be that much better at everyday tasks, right? Because I'm not having that other thing that I'm normally juggling for like 12, a little more than 12 weeks, um, like 14 weeks, I think is what I decided to take. Um, you know, I don't have that work element. And so I really should be able to, to do more. And, um, But, like, just pouring into your kids and raising your kids and taking care of a house is a lot. And I feel like for stay-at-home moms, you know, you feel like you have to have, like, this perfect house because you're not working. I've had friends who've told me this. Like, I feel like I have to accomplish all these things because, you know, other women work or, you know, and my husband works or whatever the situation is. And it's like just, you know, feeding your kid and keeping them alive. If that's all you did today, that's okay. And I remember I saw this post when they were like, when you have a newborn, did you eat? Yes. Did the baby eat? Yes. You guys are, you know, okay. Like you guys are clean. 
okay, then you're doing a great job. That's all you need to worry about when you have a newborn. And I technically still have a newborn. I have a newborn for a couple more months. And so I think, I think like newborns until three months, I'm not sure. Um, but regardless, he's not even, as I'm recording this, a month old yet. He will be in the next couple of days. He'll be one month old. And so it's, I think that I have not extended myself any kind of grace in this period. Um, I, like I said, really hard on myself about my postpartum body. Um, really hard on myself about the house and the state of the house. And it's not that, I mean, like it's, it could be worse. It could be better, honestly. And there are times in days where, for instance, on the weekend, if we're able to like really, if I give Ethan a to-do list, right. And let's say, you know, that my priority is like, typically I have like one room I want to look really good. Then, you know, once everything is clean and tidy and vacuumed, it's done. And it, it just ends up working out that, you know, especially when it's like the living room or like a bedroom that Ethan has to clean. I really am better at cleaning, um, like the bathrooms in the kitchen. Like I get in there, but it just is like, even though I could do it my way, he could do it quicker because he's not mom and mom is constantly interrupted by a two year old and a baby and a four year old all the time. Cause I'm mom. Um, but every day, I mean, I, anyway, anyway, whatever my mom's saying, like you are working, made me feel really seen because it is a lot of work. Um, and there's mental planning going into everything. For instance, last week of school, thank God, I don't have to worry about the school factor. I have structured my schedule similarly so that we're still eating breakfast at the same time as if Mia had to go to school, still getting dressed around the same time. And then instead of going to school, you know, going to the park, going to the library, going to um, the farm, going to, there's like a lot of places we could go to in my area. Um, there's, there's actually a good, there's at least I can think of four farms in the area. Um, that I could check out, like going to the museum, going and doing something. Um, but, you know, when I think about what I'm doing, I'm still doing quite a bit. You know, Ethan is going to get out, up for work around 6.50, 7 o'clock. And honestly, not even at 6.50. If his, his alarm goes off, he's still not getting up till 7. I'm going to get up at 6, 6.30. And I'm going to make sure that I have prepped snacks that I have um, laid out everyone's clothes. Now, I've picked out the clothes for the week on Sunday. So I actually did kind of start preparing my week a little bit. I at least picked out what I was going to wear um, and what Mia was going to wear because um, it's like the hardest people to get dressed. Elliot is like a little boy. I just grabbed shorts and a t-shirt. He's good. And I kind of laid out the his, Ethan's work clothes for the week. His like, stay-at-home clothes I didn't pick out. But like for Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, I picked out his clothes. Um, and then so for the babies, for the babies of the family, I didn't pick out their outfits. But for me, I need to make sure my pump is set up. I need to make sure that there is, I have a full water bottle. I need to make sure that um, the kids, I know where the kids' cups are, and they're clean. Like, the kids have, like, a good number of cups, but for some reason they disappear into the basement, and I have to go down there, and I have to yell at Ethan to find them. Luckily, 
we have them all but i just need to make sure like they're clean and they're prepped like let's make sure their water bottles have water in them and they're in the fridge already um let me get up before everyone and start cooking breakfast because once everyone wakes up i'm gonna get interrupted with mommy this mommy that and so even before my husband wakes up i'm doing all these things for the day and then he's going to get up, he's going to go, he's not going to do anything. He's going to get up, he's going to go to the bathroom, he's going to get dressed, he's going to go to work. And I'm going to change every change diapers, right? I'm going to change diapers, make sure everyone's faces are clean, do everybody's hair, get everybody dressed, get everybody fed, get everybody out the door for school, load one, two, three kids into the car, one, two, three kids out of the car to drop Mia off, load the other two back into the car to go to the playground, then unload them at a you know, it's just like load and unload the kids into the car a lot. And um, then we're going to come home and I'm going to do lunch. And then in between all of that time, I'm making sure that diapers get changed again, that the baby is being nursed, that, you know, dish dirty dishes are going at least into the sink. Um, all of that. So it's just like a lot where... You know, my husband's going to get up and he's going to go to work. He's going to do his job. And I'm not saying it's easy, but, you know, he's going to go do his job and he's going to come home. He's going to take a shower immediately. And I'm going to have been like literally running all day with the kids and not physically running, just like mentally being running with the kids. And I think for moms at all in any circumstance can relate to that. Um, and so what I've so unfortunately, even though it's summer and we could all sleep in and it could be great not going to happen. Um, I realized it's really important to equip myself for success. So I was talking about Monday, how it was like a bad day and all these things were happening. Part of it was I slept in until 730 with the baby because Ethan was home. So it's like, I don't have to make sure he's out the door make sure everyone else is out the door. Um, if I get up at 730, Mia doesn't have to be at school till 915. I still have plenty of time to, to get everything ready. But because I got up later and everyone was awake by the time I was awake, it really did mess up my day. And so my biggest advice, and it's not always plausible because I actually just needed that sleep, is if you can get up before your kids to equip yourself for the day, do so. And I've heard moms say, like, get up, you know, 30 minutes earlier and get yourself together. Get up, you know, an hour earlier and have devotional time. I feel like there's a way to do all of that. Like, do five minutes to get ready. Do your devotional. If you, there's, um, audi there's audible devotionals. If you need to be somebody like me where you are cooking and you need to be like, okay, I still want to do a devotional. You could also like be cooking and reading at the same time, but normally the baby's like strapped to me too. So it's like, you can listen to a devotional while you're cooking and kind of just getting into your morning routine. Um, and if you do prep yourself at night or in the morning, it can help a lot. Also, something I realized that I haven't done is like getting my husband involved more. And so I made him a list of things to do every single day that would help me be successful every single day. So something that's been kind of like a struggle is he can be lackadaisical about certain tasks around the house, like taking out the trash. Like if it's over full, it's fine. I need him to be more on top of it. So I'm like, I told him like every single day, just take out the trash. If you look in the trash is half full, you don't necessarily have to take it out. But hey, if it's getting pretty full, go ahead and take it out. There's no harm in taking out. 
um, the trash. Um, every single night, I need you to wash the kids' water bottles and then prep them for the morning. Um, I need my, you know, counters cleaned for so I can come downstairs and make breakfast. Those kinds of things that's like, I don't have a whole lot I need you to do, but if you could do a couple of things to help me be set up better, one, it would make me feel seen, and two, you're my partner. Um, and sometimes, like, I feel, what I've realized is that as a mom and a woman who's been, as the operator of this house, I know what needs to be done every single day. I know that it needs to be, like, what needs to be vacuumed. I know what clothes need to be washed. I know because I'm running the ship. I'm the captain of the ship. Like, I, I know that the husband's supposed to be the head, but, like, I'm the captain of the ship. So then, unfortunately, I've had to figure out, and I think a lot of people, and specifically wives and moms struggle with this, um, have to figure out how do I tell my first mate, my husband, how to help me. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to the kids, as moms, we, we're really in charge. Like, let's be honest. As moms, the kid territory is our territory, no matter what. No matter if it, the responsibilities are split 50-50. We just know our kids in and out. We know all of their needs. And so how do you do it without nagging? And so my thing has been... If I ask you to do the dishes or ask you to take out the trash, it sounds like I'm nagging. If I am getting frustrated with you not doing it right away or whatever, um, or if you forget to do it, then I feel resentful. So how do we resolve this? Our resolve, and we'll talk about if this resolve has worked later, is this to-do list. So you have a daily to-do list of just a couple of things that will help me and then I won't be mad. And of course, like there's days where you're gonna have to do other things too. But if every day at least these four things are done, then I'll be Gucci. I'm all set. I'm ready to rock. Um, because I can kind of feel like nagging. But it's also like I'm asking you to do one thing where I'm in the background juggling a lot more than that one thing. Um, and so just figuring out that communication. I think it was what it is. And then I also think, like, as I raise my boys, and it's hard because I don't want to offend Ethan because I love him. And, you know, he's a good dad. He's a good husband. And I told him this. Um, when we come to start parenting, sometimes, and, like, especially this first month, we've kind of been operating in survival. And now I want to move into intentional. Like, you know, we've had a baby. It's an adjustment phase. The first month, it's okay to kind of just stumble through and struggle through the month. But now that, you know... Raphael's a month old pretty much we're moving into being a month old I want to raise do raise do th some intentional things with our kids I want intentionality in their schedules intentionality um, in the way we discipline in the way we handle outbursts the way we handle emotions um, and all of the things and I said you know I what I realized that we something we haven't done in a while and I think a lot of parents might not do and maybe they do maybe if you if you did this with your partner like let me know and if you didn't do this let me know because I'm just curious to see if I'm just was oblivious is we haven't really sat down and talked about the way we want to parent our kids now we know there's certain values and things that we both hold dear to us that we want to instill in our kids as we raise them up but as 
to parents, so like to raise our kids, I think about like we're raising, like, you know, making them grow into these good people. But parenting our kids, how are we going to discipline? How are we going to handle some of the harder things? I don't think we've talked about when is potty training necessary? And we both are kind of on the same page about it because this is, you know, we've done this before. But, and so, and then also for me, you know, what areas can we improve upon as parents, not as an attack? And I feel like sometimes when we want to change things or make adjustments in um, relationships or in the way we're doing things, it can feel like to your partner that you're attacking them. I'm not trying to attack anyone. I'm just saying, what can we do better? Um, And how can we like have some more structure or more um, like equip ourselves better as parents and also every day, just like I need water and outfits picked out and diaper bag kind of packed so I don't have to worry about it getting out the door and snack packed for Mia and if they're not going to school because school's out like snacks already kind of laid out for the day um fruit already pre-cut up so I'm not thinking about cutting up fruit or trying to cut up fruit while holding a baby little things like that but as parents I think you know my kids you know I'm raising someone's future spouse I'm raising someone's future partner I'm also raising someone who has to Um, live on their own one day and there's just like obviously right now I have a four-year-old a two-year-old and a newborn and so I'm not so worried about their survival skills when they turn 18 19 20 21 22 25 whenever they move out the house but I do think okay I want them to be able to communicate certain things to their spouse Um, I talked about it in raising boys can my kids say hey, babe, I'm, I'm really frustrated right now. Work has really got me frustrated. I'm not mad at you. I'm sorry if I come off harsh right now. I'm just like, oh, so mad. Or, you know, hey, babe, I don't feel like talking right now. I'm really tired. I've had a long day. Can we talk about this later? Or whatever you need to do to table a conversation. Um, how do you um, pick up the, the slack, pick up the pieces of the house? Don't fall into complacency, those kinds of things. So clearly, yes, I want to parent my kids with some intentionality. It's important to me. Um, Aside from that, I just want to say that um, it's summer almost. The weather is getting warm and I like to do like my warnings and my PSAs. And here is one thing. Um, Remember to start your cars if you are going to put your kids in them um, because it's hot Remember, it's illegal to leave your kids in the car. I don't know. It depends on the state. In my state, it is 100% illegal to leave any age child in the car. Now, obviously, if you have like a teenager, I'm sure it's fine. You leave the car on, the teenager's just chilling. I'm sure that's fine. But like children, I would um, not advise. The only reason why I said that is because I feel like you just have to remind people of things. The other thing I wanted to say I actually have two really random things I need to say. And you're going to be like, what are you talking about? Why is it that like when you're driving on the road, what is the appropriate speed to go? Somebody tell me what is the appropriate speed to drive when driving on the road? Now, I understand on the highway, there's like a left lane and there's like some other lanes. And the rightmost lane is the slow lane. And if you don't know this, note it. So you're going to drive slow. You're going to drive what I would equate to the, the speed limit. 
by the book. So if the speed limit says 55, you are driving 53 to 55 is what I've noticed in the slow lane. Now, the middle lanes are like probably a couple, like five, what are they, miles per hour faster or, you know, and then the fast lane is like 30 miles faster or something because I will routinely don't come for me police officers or you know what you can't arrest me because you have to have proof so just like if you're a police officer tell me like what I'm supposed to do when driving on the road because I don't want to get pulled over and I so like if you are driving on the left lane or in the rightmost lane the odds of you getting pulled over are relatively high right because the police officers might be sitting on either side now if you're in the middle it would be harder for them not impossible for them to like scan your speed and then like drive and get you so I'm like in the fast lane. I so the fast lane. So I have there's like a two lane. It's not really a highway. Maybe it is. It's a highway, like to go to my house. It's not. It's like a road. I don't know how to describe this lane. Anyway, so there's like two lanes, and the speed limit is 50. I was going 60, but this person was riding my butt. But I needed to be in the left lane because the way to get to me at school is. I need to turn left at this light to get, you know, onto the right road. And I'm like, how fast should I be going? Because there's no way I'm going faster than this. In fact, I'm more comfortable going slower than this. And also, where are you going? Like, I feel like if you are like a speedy, greedy person on the highway, then maybe you should be like going back roads. Like, I don't know. I I just don't know. And then it's like, I have kids in my car, so I, my options are to always drive on the slow lane for safety, which honestly is what I might do and just like drive around the slow cars if I have to, because I'm not going to be going super, super fast having you ride my butt, have to break and then you crash into the back of my car where my kids are, because then we're going to have real problems when we, when I get out and like, I might look small and sweet but there's some spice in this life that you might not know about until I get out the car. So like randomly, what's the appropriate, like what speed do you drive? That's random thing. Number one, random thing. Number two, I'm not sure if I'm talking loud. My speakers on my, my phone where I record aren't great right now. So I'm going to have to listen to the podcast like on the, um, A-L-E-X-A, um, or I think it's on the echo dot or the, um, or something else to hear how I sound, because I feel like my volume and everything is weird with this episode. I'm sorry, I'll fix it, is I never thought about the fact that people have to mow cemeteries. Like, obviously, you want to be respectful of the departed and, you know, keep everything looking nice. But it never can. I never considered the fact that people... Like, have to melt. Like, I've always thought, like, okay, people give people flowers and they drop those kinds of things, which is nice. But to mow, I never thought about until I'm sitting here. So Mia's preschool is inside of a church. And right now the landscaping is happening. And I'm watching this guy mow the cemetery when it hit me. Oh, people mow cemeteries. Okay, one last thing I'm going to talk about and then I'll close out the episode. I had my postpartum appointment today at four weeks postpartum. Um, I thought six weeks was the norm, but they were like, oh, four to six weeks, you delivered vaginally, you're fine. Go to the doctors, bring the baby. Now, typically, people have partners go with them. So, like, to my very first postpartum appointment with Mia, 
I had my mom go with me because I was like, who's going to handle the baby? When I had Elliot, he was not allowed to go with me. And so it was the longest appointment of my life because all I could think of is he's going to starve because he only takes, a, he only took a boob for his whole life. With Raphael, I took him by myself and he screamed the whole time I was examined. He didn't make a peep in the car. He didn't cry in the waiting room. But as soon as it was time for me to get examined, legs spread, he starts screaming. He's about to start fussing now. I'm about to grab him. So that was fine. Um, I'm not going to get into some of the stuff that I could get into. I'll save it for a bonus episode because I feel like some of that content's a little much for the regular. Okay, I'm going to go. Have a fabulous week. Um, Stay cool. Enjoy the warm weather. See your family. See your friends. Um, It's Memorial um, Day this week and this weekend. So just remember, like, why we're off work and why people are barbecuing. It's not just to hang out with your family. But also maybe do spend some time with your family because um, we're all, like, representing veterans who have, you know, lost their lives and because of that, we can spend time with our families. So if you are a veteran um, or if you are currently serving, I just want to say thank you for your service. Um, You are seen, you are appreciated. Um, And I'm not going to get into my life with the soldiers and whatever, but I do just want to say you're seen, you're appreciated. If you're a military spouse, you are seen and you're appreciated as well. And just stay safe, have a great weekend, and I will talk to you all soon. Bye.